Zappers, it's time for episode 12, round 11, big weekend last weekend in the footy with Magic Rounds, bit of a mixed bag for us, but we'll get into that soon, Ryan, tell me your hat mate. Posse boy, Ep12, welcome back, I am wearing my LA Clippers, um, I don't know what you call it, it's a fitted hat. Uh, representing the, the Clips Basketball Association. Unfortunately, didn't really make it that far this season. Injuries played a big toll. But next year, bigger, back bigger and better than ever. Mate, the basketball, what a, <laughs> what a round of game sevens. Luca, baby. Yeah. If I was wearing a hat today, I think I would be wearing a Luca hat. I'm I'm hatless for the first time, but I wish I had a Luca hat. What a what a beast! I've never seen a game seven be that lopsided. Uh, it's unbelievable the way that he just dominated. He had more points himself, or exact same amount of points uh, as the Suns in the first half. It's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, outrageous. He just seemed to get under their skin. And I think it was in like game five or six, he seemed to just turn the, you just felt the momentum in that whole series just swing and, and yeah. And then look what happened. You got the Suns out, you got the Bucks out, Golden State must be licking their lips. Yeah. Um, but you just never know. Like I, betting on the NBA throughout the year, I, I lost a lot of money on the, on the Mavs, always up against these big teams. Um, trying to cover the spread and they just somehow find, found a way to win and I don't know, it's that. They they step up in these big games. I think they're, they're dangerous. I hope the Mavs go all the way because Sweden are playing um, Slovenia, which I believe, Slovenia, Slovakia, mm. I don't know where he's from, but yeah. Luca, they're playing uh, Sweden for World Cup qualification uh, later on this year and if... If Luca gets bundled out in this next round, it's almost definite he'll play in that game. Mm. But if he goes all the way to the finals and it's maybe a seven-game finals, he might be a bit too tired to make the trip over to Sweden to uh, <sighs> to play. But so. it'd be awesome to see him anyway, though. Even if Sweden get get rolled, yeah, very true. Like, like you don't get a chance to see see him play much. No. Uh, No hat for you today, pal. No hat, no hat at all. I don't know. I've been going through my hat stash. I think it's time to open up shop and turn the sport cap into a sports cap online shop, I think, so we can start buying in hats so so we've got more. But I don't know. Like I think if I had a hat really, I'd be supporting my fellow Queensland rugby team, I think, and with just being impressed every week now with North Queensland and how well they're going. Like, what a game again. Like, yeah, playing against the Tigers, but it felt like a, a, a really solid win for them. The, I sort of watched the whole first half and then just picked up the scores in the second half and just watched it disappear. But it was like watching them actually wear down the Tigers and it looked like the Tigers, oh, they're in with a chance there. But by the end of the second half, you just saw, by the end of the first half, you just saw how much they started to dominate and how tired the Tigers were getting and how strong the, the Cowboys' defense was and line speed. Like what Todd Payton must be already coach of the year, you would think. Mate, he's, like, done, 
<clears throat> done a massive job turning this team around. And I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, I was just looking at our um, our power rankings to start the year, and we had them at at fifteenth. Yeah. Um. No, they've, and I don't think everybody, nobody had them where they are. Like we, just what a what a complete turnaround. Amazing. But I think you wearing your beanie on the weekend last uh, ep helped out the Titans to, to yeah. get over the line at the last. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've got it here, so I'll put it on if it was a good luck charm anyway. I'll put it on <laughs> over my headphones. and Double overtime. Uh... Oh, but oh, that was shocking though. Like I, I, I messaged you during, during the week and said, like how do, how do 26 players play footy all their lives and not know how to set up for a field goal like both teams it was atrocious they're playing on the wrong sides getting horny with the ball in tackles three four and pushing it out wide and then ending up and up on the wrong side for their left foot or right foot kicker like it wasn't the the kicker's faults they just like the attempts and the setup was just atrocious is kieran foran going to help that next year for the Titans out there? Uh, I don't know, man. It is like, it's an interesting signing. It's, I don't know, it, it's kind of ironic after the whole Daily Cherry Evans backflip. Um, fuck, that was a long time ago now. This must have been seven years ago, eight years ago or something when he did that and re-signed with Manly. And now they take his partner in crime. Um, interesting to, to get rid of Fogarty as well and then you know, less than a year later, sign a, another half to the ranks. So they are they thinking that maybe the Brimson um, at six wasn't a good idea? I don't know, but you can't move Brimson on. He's got to be one of a. The, he's got to be a core of what the Titans are doing. Same with Campbell. So where do you fit them in? Do you move Brimson into hooker? Or, but then he's got to start making a lot more tackles. Like, I don't know. You, you can't be moving Brimson on. He's, he's electrifying. And Jaden Campbell, I think he really turned that side around and gives them a lot of confidence. And you see him, how slick he is. So, yeah, I don't really know where Foran fits in. It's more his, I guess, experience, you would think, is why they've got him moving there. But, but he's an, like, I wouldn't imagine that like he's he, going there to, to sometimes play off the bench or whatever, no. like they got to. It has. It feels like it has to do something with either, um, you know, Sexton or Campbell are going to have to give their positions up, or one of them is going to move into the nine. Um, mm. I think Brimson did play a little bit of nine last year, but he's um, too electric. I'm not sure why, he's but way too electric to be stuck in the middle of the pack like that. He needs to have a bit of room to run. Yeah, but you look at or Harry Senna. Grant. Like you look at Harry Grant and what he does, he's also electric and he's got he's quick off off the line. So it could be a similar role, but and I don't know. But it's the defensive work that you've got to be able to do as well. I saw some beach photos of Harry Grant last week. I th- I think on the Storm Instagram or whatever, and his like lats are like he could jump off a mountain and just glide through like one of those crazy jumpsuits. Yeah, like a <laughs> hectic. Like, I don't know. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what they do. It's a, it's a strange signing. You think they'd be chasing a halfback more than anything else if they were going to be chasing something. So I don't know. We'll see.
Um, and how did it go for us last week, man? We had a bit of a tough week. Uh, we got one from four in our hanger hats and we threw another couple of bets on that. Didn't really go our way. I think the weather had a lot to do with it. A few a few different like small changes, I think, that shook up a few of the spines um, in different teams that may have um, been the cause of it. But I don't know. Give us a little bit of a rundown of how it went. Yeah, exactly right, mate. We, tell me why. We uh, went a bit more outlandish on our bets on two of the bets this week, tried to get a bit more odds and a bit more um, daring on our picks. Mm. We went one from four, our hang your hats. Uh, we had the, the in the Roosters-Eels game, Tupo to score, anytime try scorer, and the total to go over. Now, he crossed the line twice and both times it was called back. Once or a forward pass and uh, another one, maybe it was a knock-on or a, <clears throat> an obstruction possibly. But, uh, mate, I was, I was hanging on that bet. I yeah. also had it as my um, rolling thumbs for the week. So I was really riding her own. But unfortunate to uh, not hit that. The Storm, we had to score over one and a half tries in the first half against Penrith. Mm. Uh, same here. They had their chances very early in the first half and I think also crossed the line just to have it called back. Um, yeah, I thought that was going to get in for sure. Like you were, you were watching it and they had, they had really like a strong periods in that first half where they, where they had possession and had territory and just couldn't, just couldn't get over. But that's what Penrith does exactly. week in, week out. So. Yeah. They, they dictate terms. Yeah. <laughs> We had um, Manly in Brisbane, the over there, and that hit. Um, did it hit in the first half, possibly, even, or early in the second half at least? Yeah, early in the second half, but it didn't hit really the way we expected it to. We no. thought both teams would get some points there, and then Brisbane just come out and smashed them. Yeah. Um, Cobo going yeah. loss. Crazy. What a, t- what a talent he's going to be. wonder if he's going to end up in the, in the Queensland squad. Could be a, a dark horse on the wing there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and then we had the Sharks uh, to cover the spread, and that was uh, nowhere near. And like you said, there uh, changes in their lineup. Uh, Hines is back to halfback this week. That experiment yeah, didn't that. work that well. No. Um, yeah, and they also had a bit of a problem with the Sun. I think they just got blown out in that first half. The Sun played a big role, and the Raiders really took advantage of it, kicking into the, the Sun of... Uh, like into the the line of Katoa, and he just struggled to catch anything. So I think they put on a few early tries, and and the Sharks sort of panicked, and then being a little bit unsettled there um, with their spine really just made it tough to come back. Yeah, so that takes our totals for Hang Your Hats this year to fifteen out of twenty five. So that's sixty percent on the year mm. and a return on investment of fourteen point six nine, which is still pretty good. Mm. Uh, we're enjoying yeah. that, and just yeah. uh, we so one of the, the Hang Your Hats there is the over for the Manly in Brisbane, where thirteen of sixteen of our under over bets. So it's mm. by far and away our best. Uh, betting strategies covering those types of bets, 81%, and with a return of investment of 63%. Mm-hmm. That's where the money is, mate. Yes. So I told my um, partner the other day that instead of investing our money in the stocks that we've used, we're keeping until we buy our 
or can move into our new place in August that she just give the money to me to bet on unders and overs and I'll return 63%. How did that go? Uh, I didn't get any money from her. No, 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 no. We'll just leave that there. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward silence. Um. Moving right along. um, Yeah, moving right along to, yeah, round 11. Um, Yeah, but you've even been sort of, you did a little bit of a cheeky show this week on looking at future bets. Um, Yeah, looking into round 12, but we had a couple of future bets that we put on to round 11 at this before last weekend. Um, I think it was, yeah, Thursday morning we were sitting there chatting before the before the game started and we were looking at the markets for round 11 and found some oh yeah, some interesting interesting lines. Um, yeah, but tell us the big one, Broncos. Broncos were at uh, plus one and a half against the Knights this Thursday. Which uh, is crazy. Like, oh, I, I, can't I couldn't believe. believe it anyway. Like, the Broncos come off a... A good win. Reynolds is finding form. Dragons have been, yeah, average. Like I don't even understand how they were sitting behind. Yeah, you're getting getting points on the Broncos there before last week. Yeah, and then now, and now it's down to uh, like while we're recording, it's minus seven and a half, but it was all the way down to eight and a half, and we know that eight number is a very important um, key number. So to get you know, down to that is yeah. amazing. So, yeah, it's nine, yeah, nine, nine point swing down to that now, mm. eight point swing. So, uh, that's kind of what, yeah, what pushed to to put out that episode and to have that that new kind of format come into our podcast channels because there is so much value to get on those future bets as soon as they're released. Mm. Um, because now, like we could, we could essentially cash that bet in straight away, and have a twenty-five percent ROI. I mean, that's it's really? amazing. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to win on your cash cash out. Yeah, that's crazy. So it obviously, can go the other way, um, if, which it has. And if the line went ones we've, we've had previously, they have the uh, lines have moved in a direction we haven't predicted because no. of a result that we. Plan and it it could have almost been their way here in um the next one we had on was the sharks at minus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. We thought the sharks were going to you know comfortably beat Canberra, uh, mm-hmm. and we weren't entirely positive that the Titans were going to win. Uh, so we thought you know there there is a chance that that stretches out to maybe nine and a half or ten, and we we can pick up the sharks on the right side of that key number of eight and. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, those two things didn't happen, and but the line has stayed the same. It's still seven and a half. So, yeah. So it's see, you can see obviously this week how how much of an advantage you can actually make, and how like how much it can swing just off one result, or say two results. Um, but even the Knights got up, and the Broncos were what impressive, but to move the line nine, ten points is like outrageous. Um, but it definitely shows by just looking into the future a little bit, trying to use your crystal ball and and get an edge there. Um, you, there's a lot to win, and with a li- like less, quite a little bit of risk, because yeah. you can even see when results don't go your way that the line can still say the same. Exactly. 
and then maybe you just pull out and you might lose 25% of your of your investment but if if it goes really bad otherwise you can just still let it ride and see what happens be interesting to see in the future how all that plays out and then if it's going to be worth looking at if it's worth to to pull out your cash with taking a 25% win or taking a 25% loss um so something that we will have to record along the way and see how it goes. <clears throat> you could essentially put two bets on, say you put half a unit um, times two, and mm. you know if, if the line moves, you cash one out and you pocket the money, and mm. then you let the other one ride for the actual kind of payout if the, the team wins. Um, yeah. It's a, a good strategy to, to investigate and uh, definitely – have a listen to to the NRL Futures pod. Mm. It's only a short one, 13 minutes. We'll try and keep it around that 15-minute mark uh, moving forward. Yeah, nice. Nice little pod for your trip to work. Um, all right. And now this week, Ryan, we're obviously been breaking down the games as much as we can. Um and trying to find yeah where in the market we we can find an advantage and obviously riding on that stat of having what winning 13, 13 overs and unders of 16 and uh, we've looked at a couple of over and unders again this week um and also involving the broncos so we've been checking out the broncos versus the knights and with a light with a total number of 38 and a half points um, what are your feelings about that and why do you think we should jump on the over there? Well, we just uh, discussed this a little bit uh, pre- before jumping on, on air here and the, both teams are going through a pretty, pretty good period uh, respectively at the moment. The Knights are more hot and cold than what Broncos are, but the Knights can still put some, some points on the board and when they do score, they score 16, they score 20, they can get up to 26. So they have been shown to to score some points, and Milford coming in to the team, I believe, can spark a little bit of um, speed around the the middle and a bit quicker ball handling. He's a, he's a veteran, but he's a quick veteran. Um, mm. And I think if if Ponga can play off the back of him, then it gives him a bit more of an opportunity to look for those holes. And the Knights have you know, steadied the ship a little bit in regards with their injuries. So they're, they're building those, those combinations in the centre wing position and, and also through the middle. So I think the Knights, uh, it's, it's going to be dependent on them being able to score points. I don't know if the Broncos mm. can cover this themselves. Um, mm. they'll, Broncos will do their bit and they'll, they'll score there, maybe their 20 points or their 22 or whatever. But the Knights need to... to um, to meet them at the target for this bet to, to go through. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, you're right there. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Milford. I was a big fan of Milford, obviously, when he played for the Raiders. Um, but it felt like he just sort of got a little bit lost up there in Brisbane. Um, but, I don't know, I think it will definitely help Ponga in that sense that bringing in another pure ball player, if Milford can find a little bit of form, um, it's going to take a little bit of pressure, I think, creative pressure off Ponga so he doesn't feel like he has to be the spark all the time. So as long as he can get a, a little bit of momentum off Milford, then, yeah, it can be something really good for the Knights' offense. 
um, which, like you said, has a, been a bit up and down. Um, I was sort of diving into that and looking a little bit of previous results. Um, the Broncos have scored over 30 points themselves in three of the last four games. And then I was looking also at the Knights. And besides last week, the Knights, the three games before that, so also three of the last four, they've conceded 30 points. So I think there's definitely 30 points in the Broncos. We saw how how electrifying they were this weekend against Manly with their offense. And it really feels like Adam Reynolds is starting to find his feet and starting to control the game a lot. So I, I think that the Bronx have a lot of points in them. Um, and then, yeah, with the Knights, I think they can be, they, they definitely have a big chance to, to leak points being the team in the league with the second most conceded points at 248, just behind the Warriors. So I see a lot of points in the Broncos, and like you said, as long as the Knights can contribute a little bit, um, we should see a, a pretty easy over there at thirty-nine and a half. So they're they're two games. And a half, sorry, two games last year uh, amassed totals of forty-eight mm. and fifty-seven, mm. and the forty-eight was the Newcastle home game in the beginning of August. So mm. it's not. Too uncommon for these two teams to score a bit of points. Perfect. Um, and moving on to the next game um, that we were looking at, we take the next over um, with the Eels versus the Manly Sea Eagles um, going at 39 and a half as well. Um, what are your key stats there? So here we have um, Parramatta third in the league in raw points four. So they score a lot of points. Um, but on their strength of schedule, they're ninth, which means that they, they're not that good at scoring points against good teams, but they're better, much better at scoring points against the bad teams. Mm. Um, and Manly are 11th in the league in raw points against, and then 15th uh, on strength of schedule, which means that you know, they allow more points to the better teams. So... With this combination, you'd expect Parramatta to be able to put some a fair bit of points on Manly. And then you look on the flip side, and, and Manly, uh, they're six in the league on strength of schedule for points four. So they're, they're, you know, they're okay at putting points on, on, um, on relatively good teams. They don't, we know that they're not good at winning against good teams mm. uh, because they haven't beaten the top eight team or haven't. You know, their stats against top eight teams for the last couple of years has been atrocious. Yeah. Uh, and Parramatta are 13th on points against on the strength of schedule. So, you know, they, they're letting in points to pretty much anyone. So I think it's a good, uh, a good kind of cauldron of different stats and, and uh, weightings on this that it, we'll just kind of see. 39 and a half is not a big total at all. No, especially when you're looking at both of these teams, like that breakdown is it's both teams are leaking points. Um, and then you see in, in both lineups, they've got players that are explosive and can put on points. So, yeah, for me, this, it's, it's a, it was quite low. I was quite surprised that it was below 40 when we were, when we were looking at it. Um, I picked out a few interesting, yeah, I guess the key a big stat is the line breaks conceded with Para leaking the most line breaks out of any team in the 
in the NRL at 61. And then you've also got Manly leaking 48, and they're the sixth worst team in, in leaking line breaks. And then you think, yeah, you look at their lineups, and there's definitely guys that can put on breaks and and open up the game. So I don't know. I, I'm actually really looking forward to to this game to sit and watch because it's going to be really, really interesting to watch Cherry Evans and Mitch Moses go at it. I think the yeah two number sevens um, going hard with their kicking game, probably the two in-form kickers, oh, if you take out Nathan Cleary, um, two, of the inf- two of the three best in-form kickers in the game. Cherry Evans has been having a blinder just with his placement and then we saw Mitch Moses and what he can do around the line. He scored an incredible try on the weekend. Um, yeah, kicking behind the Roosters line and beating Tupou to the ball. It was just there tiptoeing on the sideline. So I think it's going to be a real big battle and I think it's going to open up. So really, really liking the over there. Um, anything else you've been, I don't know, looking at? We, we were check, you were checking out a little bit of like home underdogs and, and found a little what a needle in a haystack there. Yeah, so we have um, a, a funny stat, which I, uh, I don't know if we spoke about it last week. I've spoken about this so many times in the last few days. I don't know where I've spoken about it or to who, but <laughs> we have uh, a trend. Talking so much footy all the time, mate. That's it. We have a trend of a double-digit home underdog. So that's a, a home team that are getting double-digit head starts they're 10 and 3 on the year of covering the spread. So 10 0 and 3. Um, which is, a, I mean, it's not a large sample size, but it's still okay. Uh, mm. So the Roosters are, well, when, when the line opened, it was uh, Roosters getting 11 and a half head start mm. on, on Penrith. It's gone down now to 10 and a half. So I think it's still for our Sport Cap listeners, still. Jump on it if you can. Mm. Four of the last seven games between these two teams have also been single-digit margins, which, and the Roosters have actually won one of those of those single-digit margins. So, uh, a cover here by the Roosters uh, that we've jumped on at eleven and a half is not, I think, uh, far-fetched at all. No. No, I don't know. I saw a big injury for the Roosters though with Radley. Um, going down, and um, do you think that's going to affect the defense at all? Or uh, it, yeah, definitely it will. I mean, he's a class player and a, a big, mm. um, important piece to that team. But we've seen last year, and we've seen a lot of years for this Roosters team that their depth is mm. something that they pride themselves on, and, and has helped them stay competitive through the years, uh, even though they've had a, a major amount of injuries. So I think they'll just, you know, get the next person in, step up to the plate, play your role. Um, yeah, exactly. Because like, you've got Watson moving in now to Hooker and uh, Drew Hutchinson on the bench. But I guess if 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 they're used to a player not being in the lineup, it's it's Radley anyway. They covered it a lot last year. Yeah, he has he does spend a bit of time on the sideline, so it's it's not a, a massive. Uh, problem for them and you know the team are really starting to hit their straps tedesco is in blinding form the sam walker also another kind of chip and chase try on the weekend um that combination now with kiri and then the centers is is really um 
you know, starting to play out. Suwali on the wing playing fantastic yeah. for a young fella. And as we know, the Panthers, they let in a try, at least one try mm. uh, in the first half. And, you know, if you can, the Roosters' try line defense is good. The Panthers like to kind of push into that 20. If they can just hold this to a low scoring game, it's mm. not, not a difficult um, line to cover. No, I think that's the key and is, yeah, holding them down. But like you said, the back line, it feels like, of the Roosters has really come alive, man. Like the combination between Manu and Suwali, it feels like Manu has become a real mentor for Suwali. You see when they celebrate tries and stuff that, they, that they're really enjoying playing footy together. And then Momorowski was even a handful last week. Um, very, very slippery and causing a lot of trouble, which, like I said, opens up space for Tupo. Um, because they're using yeah, Momoroski to run hard and straight and then they cut him out and, and open up space. So, And then the kicking game of, of Kieran Walker has been so much better the last few weeks than, than what it was at the start of the season. So I think the Roosters, yeah, if they're, they're finding form and it's a, it's a big game for them coming into the origin period and I think if they can get a cheeky win here and or, or at least, yeah, be in the fight, it's going to put up a platform for the rest of the year and keep them in there keep them pushing for a top four position. I think they, they jumped from like seventh to fourth or third on the ladder now after that win. They had a big move this week. Yeah, man. Yeah. And they're, they are, um, they're always that team that are hanging. They're maybe, you know, not leading the comp, especially early in the year, but they're always mm. there. They're, as you said, sitting fourth now mm. uh, behind the Panther Storm and the Cowboys, as we mentioned mm. earlier. That's where they need to be. They, you know, they always get to that mm. that final series, and that's a whole different game once you get to September. So, yeah, I was worried at the start of the year, but no, you were quietly confident there. I remember an episode where you just said, "No, but it's going to be all right. They're just going to get their combinations. Everything will fall into place eventually." And it feels like they're doing that now. So, be a big test for them this week. And as long as they cover that line, I, which is yeah, really possible, covering that ten and a half. Um, yeah, be good for everybody. Mm, so moving on to the the next. So if, if we do a little summary there, hanging our hat on the two overs, Broncos and the Knights, 38, over 38 and a half. The Eels and, against the Seagulls over 39 and a half. And then the lines move now to plus 10 and a half for the Roosters. Um, to cover the spread there against Penrith. And you found an interesting stat line online this week, I, I noticed. Yes, so we, uh, we like being on the Twitter, as I've called it previously. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so old school. There's, um, it's a great community on Twitter, NRL Twitter. There's a lot of... Uh, a lot, a lot of content to, to go, to wade through. But um, we follow a, an account, the eye test, rugby league eye test. Um, some really cool stats and, you know, a bit a few odd things coming out um, of, of that account. And you should definitely check it out um, at rugby league eye test, uh, or I think it is, or at least rugby league eye test.com. Is where mm. you'll find the 
bulk of the information and then the um, the different content on across social media. So yeah, Instagram and Twitter, uh, and the a fantastic stat came out regarding sock height by player in round ten. Now, Poss, I don't know about you, but this is. This I thought not- this was bullshit first when I <laughs> when I saw it. I thought it was just taking the piss. But the more you look into it, the more it's like it actually actually taken down this statistic. He's done a fantastic job, you know, gone through every single game of uh, of Magic Round and and tagged every player of every team, whether they oh, wear right, their socks work. up or they wear their socks down, and then put it into a, a multitude of different graphs by position, by age. It's it's fantastic. Um, now, there's a few things we can take out of this. <laughs> <laughs> a lot we can take out of this. If you want to be fast, if you want to be a good center or a winger, you have low socks. Mm-hmm. So the fast guys, the outside backs, generally also uh, the younger players in a team. Are have... they shaving their legs to make the, the wind <laughs> resistance better? Is that the concept behind it? I'll uh, have to double check the notes here. Um, I don't know if that, <laughs> that was a, a recorded stat in this process. Right. Got to take it to the next level. Um, yeah, so the center and wing have low socks. And another one is probably not so um not such a surprise, the pretty boy halfbacks. Mm. They know how to wear their uniforms with pride. 81% having their socks up, high socks. Yeah. You know, taking pride in their in their team colors and their, of their course. uniform. Probably got their collar up as well, I would presume. <laughs> <laughs> if they had colors. Yeah, right. Are you a socks, socks up guy or a socks down guy, Poss, when you play or used to play? Um, I think I was a socks down. Oh. Yeah, you wouldn't think so because I'm a pretty boy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, nah, I, I don't know. I always had so. my socks down. Yeah, that's right. My mum says I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, what about you? I'm a socks up guy, mate. I, um, like I said, I, I take pride in my colours and I – like to present myself properly on the field. Um, and you look at the, the teams that, um, you know, the respective players on these, on these teams, and can we, can we get any, anything to bet on out of this, um, <laughs> this statistic? And we look, okay, what teams in round 10 with the majority of, of players with high socks won their games? And unfortunately, it wasn't a lot. Uh, Souths, Canberra, and the Cowboys were the only teams with over 50% of their players having high socks uh, won their game. So if you're going to bet, you're going to probably bet on a, a team with low socks. Trying, really trying to get the edge uh, now. Uh, that socks up, socks down, and see who wins. But I can't bring myself to bet on a team with low socks. No, all right. But your team... Gold Coast Titans, they 71% of their players socks down and they got up on the weekend. Yeah, I told you, mate. It's the style. We're so cool there. We're trendy. We're think, always thinking about our image. So, and I think in that you've got to be cool. So it's cool to have your socks down. If you come from the Gold Coast, it's uh, yeah. important. It's very important. It's one of the most superficial places on the earth. <laughs> uh, 
that's maybe why we're not so good at playing footy. <laughs> has any Gold Coast, oh, I, was, I was about to say, has any Gold Coast team succeeded in being successful at sport and coming off the back of the Suns actually beating Frio uh, on the weekend in the AFL? Probably yeah, shouldn't have funny. asked that question. Has there ever been a weekend besides last weekend where both Gold Coast teams have had a win? <laughs> wow. That'd be interesting. That's interesting, definitely. Yeah. So but if it you- was a, back in the day, though, what the Gold Coast, when Mal, uh, Wally Lewis played. Seagulls. The Seagulls. Did they ever win a premiership, though? No. No. No? But it would have to be one of the most successful times i don't know so the charges were rubbish well this most successful gold coast team is but compared to but successful of a, nrl i wouldn't say yeah that. it's still never won a premiership no but the queensland cup we do all right but we've had the burly bears and south tweed but not the queensland cup but still but i like i was what you said there earlier if if um if the the suns or the titans have both won on the same weekend mm. that's something to discuss or to figure out because if one of the teams plays earlier in the round and either wins or loses, then you can yeah. just take the other side for the other team. Yeah, because there can't be many, many times. I think when the Suns had that year, I don't know, when we were in Melbourne 14. Um, together in 14, the Suns were like pushing at the end of the year there to get into the, the finals. Um, well, so they had a big string where they, where they, well. yeah. Where they um, had a big, big period there where they won, but I don't know if the Titans were any good though. I don't know. It's tough, tough on the Gold Coast. Mm. It's hard going out clubbing to three a.m. and backing up to play a, to play your game at, at, at one in the afternoon. Maybe they it's should um, bring in James Harden as a consultant on how to uh, <laughs> go to no, the strippers and then turn up and. Yeah, instead of Bernard Tomic or what. Yeah. <laughs> He's been the consultant so far. <laughs> See how well it's gone for his career. <laughs> oh, anyway, enough talking shit about the Gold Coast. It's a beautiful place. I love it. Wish I was there right now, soaking up the sunshine. Sand between me toes. All right, Roland Thumbs, Ryan, the most f- successful segment on our show. Fantastic. Um, both of us rolling in with a one and five record, starting on zero units again. What are you having a crack at this week? We've only got two weeks left to win some money here, so um, otherwise we're we're going to both end up on zero and this segment's going to be a throwaway. Mm. But I... It's almost a throwaway now. I, I'm, <laughs> tell, I'm telling you right now. It's gonna, we're going to have to rebrand it yeah. and yeah. go hard after the origin period again, I think. I'm on Parramatta to cover their spread of seven and a half and then yeah. for the total to go over in the game of 39 and a half. Paying okay. $3.64. All right. You love a multi, eh? No. Well, I mean, if you're going to do the it. value. You love value. You love the, that number. But it really went, went well for me betting on 125 last weekend and doing my ass on the sharks. <laughs> That's exactly right. So What's, my, uh, my theory is just as good as your theory. Yeah. But I, I, I've been looking, I've been yeah, writing our, our pod colleagues again um, and looking at the Stat Insider. I've got to get on these try-scoring um, bandwagon here. So I was looking at the, some stats um, in the Raiders and Souths game. 
Um, just trying to pull up the stat line now. You had the, yeah, the Raiders concede, have conceded, I think it's 48% of their tries on the right-hand side, so 17 of 35 tries. Um, so I'm throwing my money on Alex Johnson. I was watching some of the highlights of the, of the Warriors-South game uh, before the show here, and uh, it, it looks like Walker's getting his rhythm there, um, and I think they're going to open up with Alex Johnson being a safe bet um, to score at $1.55 anytime try scorer. Wow. So that's, that's a very so, short, short, short amount. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm going for it. It was short. I was almost going to go for the Alex Johnson Wade Graham double there. Because uh, Wade Graham's at like 260 or something, I think. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to take the Alex Johnson Wade Graham double and go for some value there. Wow. Let's just talk him into look. it. Yeah, you did. You feel multi and I'm multi and. He's going to get concussed in the first five minutes and then... Wade Graham or Alex Johnson. <laughs> Wade <both>. Graham. <laughs> They're going to clash heads. <laughs> Let's have a look. What's it going to pay? What's it going to pay? Well, they're not playing each uh, other. So Cam- Wade Graham, Campbell Graham. What are ah, we talking about? 275. Okay, okay. 275, Campbell Graham. Sorry, Wade Graham. Jesus. He's actually moved into the starting lineup for the Sharks. Well, that's, that's what I thought. Okay, he's seen oh. the, the shift to the starting lineup. He's been off for a oh, while. Time for him to get over. All right, I'm going to take the weight, Graham. Then. <laughs> May as well. Why not just go absolutely off the hip? It hasn't been working to do anything strategic. So let's have a look at that. Did you see um, the blokes over at Tripod had a, a bet on that every single um, – Jumper number from one to was it one to thirteen or one to seventeen? Yeah, one, scores, uh, one to thirteen. Yeah, would score a try, and they hit. hectic. <laughs> Did you uh, see what it paid? No, it wasn't wasn't a large amount. Mm. To be fair, you would still think it would have to be a pretty big amount. But apparently, like the last time it happened was round six, so it wasn't that far long ago. Uh-huh. Um, Wade Graham's only three ninety. Thought he would be more. So if you go Wade Graham at 390, you're currently unable to log in. Bet 365, just go 390 plus 155. 155 times 3.9. So getting $6. Nice. The Wade Graham Alex Johnson doubled. Get that in your face. I can't wait until this pays next week and I can gloat <laughs> with my pure strategic betting. Lovely. Yeah. All right, mate. Another lunchtime pod done and dusted. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, get in our socials, Twitter, Facey, Instagram. Spotify, follow, subscribe, like, comment, share. Talk shit. Do whatever you want. Tell us if you get on the bets. Yeah, get amongst it either way. Have a good week, guys, and happy betting. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.